If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee in California Politics. I think I'm 100% back from the vid, uh, finally getting over the tiredness and the fatigue and the post, post-rona fatigue and all that. So jam-packed show today. A lot to talk about. Um, I was originally, I have one topic that I'm going to talk about in the beginning. We're going to talk about what happened in Texas yesterday and gun laws and how all the politicians are obviously rushing to Twitter to uh, push their political agenda and what that means um, and how it relates to California and how the sense that California is one of the strictest places, no surprise when it comes to any sort of gun laws. And we just recently had two shootings, um, not because the gun laws prevented them, but because it just happens. Um, so as always, I can give people a couple minutes to the, a minute to hop on here. Uh, Thank you to everybody who has been supporting the show through whether it be Patreon um, or any of the purchases or anything like that. Uh, today, the, the pinned product is the if progressive policies worked in California would be a utopia. I think that's kind of fitting today because, well, if these policies did work, then it would be a utopia and we wouldn't see a lot of issues or we wouldn't see any shootings here in California. But the truth is. No matter how many gun laws you pass, it seems people who have mental issues or are criminals are going to commit crimes with those guns. So it's not it always seems it's the people who lawfully follow the rules um, always seem to get punished more and more and have their rights taken away when stuff like this happens. So uh, but I'll start off with the top topic, which was this issue of how we are more alike than we are different. And I'll tell you a little bit story. Um is there only two XL for the size? Uh, I'm not sure what the sizes are. If you click on it, there's a whole bunch of sizes in there. So you'll have to check on it. If you want have any more questions, you can always DM me. Um, all right. So I'll start off with the story of that was going to really be sort of the, the center of the show. But then we're going to really move right into the Texas issue or what happened in, in Texas and then really what's going on here in California. Um this weekend, I went to San Francisco. Uh, we, my wife and I, we went up. Uh, we went to go see the Mets play the Giants. Um, Mets won 13-3, so that was a really exciting game to go to. Um, and I haven't been to San Francisco in probably over 10 years. I think the last time I was there was, oh, by the way, if you hear that snoring, it's it's my trusty co-host, Winnie, who is dead tired from doggy daycare from being away. Yeah, last night was a great game. Unfortunately, it didn't end up in the Mets' favor. Um, but hadn't been there in over 10 years, right? Probably 2010, you know, around that area. Um, used to go to college in Northern California, Um Went to San Francisco pretty regularly. It was one of my favorite places to go. San Francisco, I'm not going to lie, was the city that made me really start to fall in love with California and what California was. San Francisco is different um, because it's if you grew up going to like New York City, it is a lot more different than New York City where it's all just big, tall buildings and streets and avenues and stuff like that. And all looks very much the same. I thought San Francisco was interesting. It's a city on this big rolling hill. Everything has a different vista. 
there is sort of a beauty to San Francisco. Uh, my grandfather grew up in San or didn't grow up in San Francisco. He moved to San Francisco after World War II. Um, spent the rest of his life there. So there is sort of this connection to San Francisco. And I, I hadn't been there um, in 10 years. And obviously I heard a lot of what people were saying about the the crime and all this. Now, mind you, it was only one day and we went to a couple areas. I'm not saying that this is for sure. This is the fact. Um, it looked sort of the same to me. I didn't go to the Tenderloin. I didn't see how bad it was. Um, I didn't see... The homeless issue, which I know has gotten a lot worse. Um, I mean, there's still people on the sidewalks who are homeless and obviously a little out of their minds, but that hasn't really changed. That's been the way for 10 years, more than that, ever since I've been going to San Francisco um, in in certain areas. Um, But it was nice to go back. Now, where this story is going is we went and we were staying and visiting with one of my wife's friends who is a left-leaning Democrat, obviously, San Francisco Bay Area. And um, great person. We love her. She's a big baseball fan. We had a great time. Um, and, and, and we tried not to, like, veer into politics too much. I think because we had this general understanding of knowing that, like, maybe we don't see it eye to eye on a lot of things. So we'll just kind of veer away from politics as much as possible. We'll talk about baseball and talk about life and stuff like that. You know, normal things, because that's what people used to talk about before politics really kind of encompassed our whole lives. People used to just be like, Hey, maybe we disagree on some stuff, but we'll just talk about other things and we'll still be close friends. Um, and it wasn't until like the second day that some topics came up and I started to notice that there were things that she said that, I found to be something that I agreed with. And it, it turned out the more we kind of talked about it, we kind of really put the the extreme poles aside. There were a lot of things we did talk about. There was stuff we talked about, like, for example, there was an agreement that people like Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi are way too old and should not be in Congress anymore. And that people are in Congress for way too long and they get entrenched and they get corrupt. So I was surprised to hear that. Um, the belief that, yeah, there are people who are basically swamp creatures who've been there forever. Um, there was this agreement that both parties are sort of in it to enrich themselves and grow their power and that they both don't really care about the people, um, which led to this conversation about how we need to sort of fix things outside of two political parties. And I thought to myself, I thought, that well, that's really kind of something I agree with as well is that the political parties have really started to become this point where I believe both of them are really failing us and that people are sort of looking for this middle ground, this more common sense ground of, we just need to fix things. We need to fix our water. We need to fix our energy. We need to fix taxes. You know, there was a comment about how, uh, you know, your tax dollars at work when we, we drove past construction and nobody was doing anything. And there was a comment, not by me about, your tax dollars hard at work for someone to stand on the side of the road and not really do anything. So there was sort of this camaraderie and and when you got down to it, there was sort of this common ground of common sense solutions. And you would think like once you get past all the talking points and sort of the bullet points of, you know, my side or your side and this tribalism, you start to get down to the fact that people sort of just all want the same thing. And, I think that's really kind of enlightening to talk to someone who I had assumed maybe wouldn't agree with me on anything um, to agree on a lot of things. And that's where, that was sort of the point 
that I was really going to focus on with this show, but we're going to talk about more of the Texas law, what happened in Texas and how it relates to California is that we're not really as different as I think people think we are. And I think there's a lot of this kind of division where they want to keep people separate in their little tribalist camps. Um, and tribalism is the one thing that I abhor because there's tribalism on both sides. And I think that people get in their little tribes and they so worry about getting wins and uh, I want a political own and I want this and I, I, you know, I want to show that my party is superior or that my team is superior. Um, but at the end of the day, most people, I think, really just want sort of the same stuff. And it's this kitchen table politics, the stuff that we can all agree on. Uh, we don't want crime. We want safe neighborhoods. We want clean neighborhoods. We want good places to send our kids for schools. We don't want to be paying $7 a gallon for gas. We don't want to be charged too much for taxes. And we want to live in generally a nice place where we can live our lives and most likely just kind of be left alone to live our lives and enjoy our lives. Um, and I think that's really interesting because I don't think this is just sort of a one kind of an encapsulated experience. I think there's a lot of people and you can let me know in the comments about, I think there's a lot more common ground. If you actually sit down and start to talk to people, especially here in California and not let the political aisles kind of separate us to the point where we can say, Hey, I actually agree with you on a lot of these things. Why don't we work together to get these things done? Now, of course, there's some different issues that people will, at the end of the day, won't have the same opinion on, which is fine. I, there's things even me and my wife don't agree on, you know, and that's fine as well. It, it, you don't have to agree on every single little thing. But my belief is that if you can get more than 51% of the things you agree on, you have a lot to agree on, really. And when it comes down to it, it's sort of the base issues that we really need to agree on. Um, and a lot of these sort of ex extrinsic sort of things that are wedge issues, uh, social issues, cultural issues that seem to be shoved down our throats, when it comes push to shove, really, we all kind of don't really focus on those things we kind of focus, we need to focus more on sort of the bread and butter of what makes us a good society. Um, so that was sort of going to be really the, the overarching theme of the show. You can let me know in the comments. If you've had any conversations like this, if you've ever sat down with somebody um, and really had this conversation where you can get along and see eye to eye on a lot of things, and agree on a lot of things. And that also requires sometimes that you have to put your ego aside. You know, sometimes you have to kind of put your ego aside and say, I'm going to listen to this person. I'm going to listen to them earnestly. Maybe I don't agree with, every, you know, everything that they're going to say. But if you start to have conversations, you may find that there is a lot more that you can agree on, especially here in California. It seems like it's always so, um, so divided. And I think that's by design that they want it to be divided where you look at one side and you say, oh, you know, the right is full of neo-Nazis and white supremacists and the left is full of socialists and people obsessed with transgenders. Um, when in reality, that's sort of just the painting of these different sides. And I think really we, we need to sit down and if anything is going to be done in California, 
it's going to require a lot more people to kind of sit down and go, what do we have in common? Not what are our differences? You know, let's look at what brings all Californians and Americans together. And what are those things that we can work on and make better for everybody? Um, so with that, uh, you know, in- enjoyable trip. Um, definitely go back. It was nice to go back to San Francisco, watch a, a good Mets game at, at Oracle Park, whatever it's called now. I remember when it was Pac Bell and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, Pac Bell, AT&T, it's changed so many times. But it was a great, great time. Um, definitely would like to go back. And, you know, I wasn't bombarded by craziness in San Francisco. I survived. Here I am. I, I, I went to San Francisco and I live to tell about it. So let's talk about, let's sort of kind of pivot now when it comes to talking about division and wedge issues. Obviously, one of the biggest wedge issues is um, what has happened in Texas. And this always seems to be, um, I like that comment. If we didn't have sides, the politicians wouldn't have jobs and big money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the politicians don't want people to... Uh, they don't want to talk to each other and figure it out on their own. They obviously want to kind of hype people up so that they can send you emails and say, don't let the evil neo-Nazi Republicans win and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, it, you know, it works. Emotion works. Um, but let's talk about what happened in Texas yesterday. Um, this has been sort of a trend. We've seen it in the past couple of weeks. We've seen a number of these shootings happen. Two of them here in California. Um, the big one in Buffalo, ironically, the one that they don't want to talk about is the one that happened in Chicago, uh, which got out after, a, I think it was a basketball game, and there was a shooting, and there was a whole bunch of riots and protests and stuff like that, and it was just kind of pandemonium. It was a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night. Um, but they're going to use this as a cudgel to kind of push what they always like to call common sense gun laws, right? Um, and... and when anything comes from the left, when it com- talks about common sense gun laws, uh, most of the time they're not as common sense as they're proposing. Uh, they always say, oh, it's common sense, it's common sense, why don't you guys agree with it? It's sort of that fancy wordplay um, where the, if they use the word common sense, then obviously if you disagree with it, people will say, well, then you disagree with common sense gun laws. Um, yeah, that's correct. They're very vague about what these common sense gun laws are. Uh when you kind of bore down to it and ask them, really, what are your common sense gun laws? They always say universal background checks. Well, most states actually have background checks. Uh, Texas, for example, does have a background check. And it didn't prevent this shooter yesterday from acquiring their guns. Um, they did not talk about the fact that he obtained a handgun, which he was not old enough to actually uh, obtain because I think in Texas you have to be 21 sort of like here in California you have to be 21 to get a or is that changed um, I'll double check on that but if anybody wants to let me know in the comments I thought it was 21 in California um, to obtain a handgun uh, but yeah the this wouldn't have stopped him from obtaining any sort of gun this this gun because there were background checks required um, what states don't have background check I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure pretty much all of them have background checks. If you're a federally, if you're a federal firearm licensed dealership, you have to go through a background check. You have to go through a DOJ and FBI background check. Um, so I'm trying. I did a little bit 
Um, 18 for hunting rifle. Yeah, I know that in Texas. Uh, I tried to do a little bit of research to kind of see what, you know, I tried to bore down and see what, what state specifically. It's kind of hard because you get all these different news sources. Um, but as far as I know, most states actually do have a background check. Um, and I'm not sure like what Steve Kerr is talking about with his HR eight that is sit, went over from the house into the Senate and will require universal background checks. Um, there are a lot of gun show. They always talk about the gun show loophole. A lot of gun shows will still require a background check. Uh, you can go you try and go to a gun show and buy a purchase a firearm. You're not going to go to a gun show without any sort of background check. Um, so a lot of these laws have already been broken before, or a lot of this has already been in compliance um, for him to get that firearm and then do what he did. Uh, and, and when they say stuff like these common sense gun laws, and they always say like universal background checks, they always pull some number of like polls or 80% of people that they never really show what their source is or what the background is. Uh, and they just say, well, 80% of people just agree with it. Used to be ninety. I think they ticked it down to eighty percent, maybe because people didn't believe ninety percent was really believable. Um, they didn't want to talk about the handgun, which was not allowed. He wouldn't be able to purchase that in Texas. Um, and but some fun facts about really when it comes to people talking about these common sense gun laws is let me pull this up right here. Do 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 do. Ah, okay. Um, that. 94% of mass shootings take place in a gun-free zone. And schools are obviously soft targets. Schools are soft targets. Uh, and when you talk about what a soft target is, a soft target is basically a place where a shooter knows if they go to this area, they likely won't be challenged by somebody else with a gun. So you're not allowed to carry in a school. There's some places like... In California, you're not allowed to carry at a bar if it's just a bar. If it's a bar with a restaurant, you're allowed to carry. But if it's just a bar, you're not allowed to carry, um, which is pertinent to what happened here in California. Um, so 94% of mass shootings have taken place in gun-free zones. Um, in 2021, there are an estimated 1.67 million uses of firearms in defense situations. Um, they always talk about the gun lobby. The gun lobby, which they always say is that the NRA is the most powerful and they just spend millions and millions of dollars to keep a lot of these laws from ever passing. I'm not a big fan of the NRA, personally. I support other organizations like Gun Owners of America, uh, Gun Owners of California, uh, even local ones like San Diego County Gun Owners. Uh, if you have a local organization like San Diego County Gun Owners, I highly recommend that you go and support them because they're doing the real work on the ground for you. Um in 2021, gun rights lobbyists spent a total of only 15.8 million um, compared to other organizations, and we'll go from descending ascending order from the lowest to the highest. Insurance spent 150 million dollars in lobbying. Electronics spent 179 million. And if you can guess, who do you think spent the most money lobbying in 2021? I'll give you 30 seconds or I'll give you a couple seconds in the comments to make that comment. Who do you think spent the most in 2021 when it came to lobbying? While I take a sip of coffee. 
if you were thinking pharmaceuticals, you'd be correct. Pharmaceuticals, uh, yep, see, someone got it. Pharmaceuticals, 356.6 million spent on lobbying. Um, so, minuscule. When you talk about gun right lobbyists, altogether have only spent $15 million, but the pharmaceutical spent $356 million, then you see there's a big discrepancy there. Um, and let's talk about, but, you know, let's not talk about how many kids die of any sort of pharmaceutical drugs throughout the year. Let's not talk about that issue. Uh, they always talk about how U.S. is the most violent country in the world. Uh, when it comes to murder rates per 100,000 from 2018, uh, El Salvador has the most with 52 per 100,000. Jamaica has 43. Lesseth, though, I don't know. I have no idea where that is. 43 and Honduras says 38. Uh, and whereas America land, uh, less than five homicides per 100,000. Uh, let's see. We are also not the country with the most mass shootings per capita, even among first world countries. Uh, the death rate per million, 2009 to 2015. Uh, Norway leads the way with 1.9. Serbia is 0.4. Macedonia is 0.3. And the United States is 11th at 0.09. And we already talked about how Texas has a background check. Uh, Texas already has gun, has these gun-free zones, which we've talked about doesn't really do anything because I think gun-free zones, more than anything, probably send a signal to a lot of these mass shooters that this is a soft target, that they know that they're not going to um, get any sort of pushback or any sort of defense on the part of people who are there. Um handguns still account for far more deaths than these assault weapons which people can't really still seem to figure out what an assault weapon is they always say these assault weapons um 59 are attributed to handguns only three percent are attributed to rifles of any sort um banning high capacity magazines does not stop mass shootings states with high magazine cap bans include new york california dc new jersey and colorado mass shootings still occur obviously we've seen them in buffalo we saw it in brooklyn we saw the church shooting in California, uh, D.C. sniper shooting, um, Boulder, Colorado. We also saw the shooting in Sacramento, which was with a illegal firearm. No gun law. I mean, obviously, the gun law didn't stop that person from obtaining a legal firearm and using it. Um, and that was more to do with crime and gang violence, I believe. Um, do, do, do countries in Europe have strict bans on firearms yet still experience mass casualties? Um, in terms of stabbings, bombs, stuff like that. Uh, and let's talk about really what, what does this mean for California? Um, Chicago is obviously one of the biggest ones. Chicago, California, uh, D.C., a lot of these places, New York, and you still see gun violence. So, again, referencing the shirt you see below that is pinned, progressive policies, if these gun laws worked, we would actually see that they do work and that we don't have any of these mass shootings. When Oak and Trail, last couple mass shootings have been in New York State. They were in New York City and Brooklyn. Uh, now we had two in California. Um, the only one that really is in a favorable state when it comes to gun rights is in Texas. But all of the laws would have, wouldn't have have stopped him from obtaining these firearms, the two assault 
now I'm saying it, the two ARs that he obtained and not the handgun, that wasn't obviously stopped. Uh, But let's talk about California. Not great in California. Obviously, that's no shocker. This is not breaking news. Um, The latest thing that Governor Newsom is trying to do is this law, and it is Senate Bill 1327. And 1327 allows private citizens to sue anyone who manufactures, transports, or sells banned assault weapons, um, ghost guns, or restricted firearm components in California. And what this bill is, and this was co-sponsored by Gavin Newsom, was supposed to be a retort to the abortion law that is happening in Texas, where if a private citizen finds out someone is doing abortions illegally, that they can bring a civil suit to them and get like $10,000 in damages, basically like it's a private citizen's enforcement. Um, Like its anti-abortion counterpart in Texas, those who bring the suit can seek as much as $10,000 in damages. The bill, now this is really interesting to me. I didn't know this about this bill until I was reading this. The bill has an automatic self-termination clause that would be triggered if and when the Texas law is struck down. So what does that tell you about this bill? The bill itself is not really about gun rights or about gun control or about safety. This law is specifically targeted as sort of a retribution because of personal politics between Gavin Newsom and his hatred towards Texas. It has nothing to do with the fact that they want to do this because they will believe it is the obvious safe thing to do. It's the common sense thing to do. Remember, it's that whole idea of common sense gun laws. Is this the common sense solution? I don't know if that's the common sense solution because if someone takes a firearm and goes on a rampage, how is the manufacturer liable? So they're going to go after the people who make a lot of these firearms. What is the bill? Someone said the Senate Bill 1327. But the fact that it has a self-termination clause, meaning that if the abortion law or the what is going on in Texas with their abortion law somehow is struck down, uh, that this law will no longer cease to exist in California. Which seems odd because why would California legislators do that? Why wouldn't they just make it the norm? Why wouldn't they just say this is what we're going to do? And it's probably likely because they're betting the fact that either they're going to say that the abortion law is, and, and this has to do with sort of the legality of it. They're they're probably betting that when it comes down to it, if this law in Texas is struck down. Um, because of some legality or constitutional issue, then they know their law is likely also going to be struck down. So that's probably one of the big reasons as well, is they know that if the law in Texas gets struck down on this same reasoning, that their law doing the same thing will also likely be struck down because then someone can come along and sue on that and say, well, look at what happened in Texas. You don't have this right to do this. Here's the legal reasoning, and courts will likely agree with them. Um, So that's probably another reason. Assembly Bill 1594, allow gun violence victims and the state attorney general to sue gun manufacturers and distributors who fail to establish reasonable controls to protect public health and safety. 
this would punch a hole in federal law from 2005 that shields gun makers from responsibility when their products are used to commit crimes. Right. So if by chance you're a manufacturer of a firearm, you place that firearm into the stream of commerce. Someone goes to a store. They go to, let's say, any store in California. You still have to go through the background check. You still have to go to the DOJ and FBI background check. And you still have to do the 10-day waiting period. That person obtains a firearm. And then they go ahead and they commit a crime. Now that manufacturer would be sued. So if it was a Smith & Wesson or something like that or a Glock, that manufacturer would now be sued for the crime that was committed by a gun they manufactured and put out into the stream of commerce. I'm not sure that really has any sort of tenable legality. Now, there is a theory about the stream of commerce, and I don't want to get too wonky on you in terms of constitutional law and what it means, the stream of commerce, um, and sort of tort liability. Like if you put something out into the stream of commerce and you know that it's not safe for people to use, um, you could be sued as a manufacturer. But when it comes to gun manufacturers, you're doing what you're supposed to do and you make guns and you make them as safe as you possibly can so they don't go off or anything like that. Um, and in California, you have to make guns specifically to California specifications so that they are California compliant. Um, this is another law that obviously is looking to punish gun manufacturers to the point where they say, well, I'm not just not going to make guns anymore, at least not make guns and send them to California. Do you think that will stop anybody who wants to obtain a gun, whether they go over to the border to Arizona or Nevada or anything like that? Likely not. AB 1621, current law already requires anyone who purchases a, quote, unfinished receiver to receive a background check. But this bill would treat these proto-gun components as legal firearms under state law. It would also ban the sale of firearms that do not have a state-provided serial number. This is their crackdown on what they call ghost guns, um, an unfinished receiver. So when you go to make your own like AR-15 rifle, you can custom make your own uh, and you can get a receiver. Now that receiver is really what you're going to do the background check on. You're going to get a serial number and all that. That is considered the firearm itself when you buy this finished receiver. This unfinished receiver um, still need it, still need the background check, and would still treat them as legal firearms under state law. AB 2571, place new restrictions and fines on companies that advertise firearms or ammunition to minors, be it print, television, on the internet, or in video games. Uh, Let's see, SB 906, requires school districts to survey parents about whether they have firearms in the home and how they are stored. School officials would be required to report any perceived threat of a mass shooting event to law enforcement. I don't know how you do a perceived threat of a mass shooting. Maybe if somebody you're trolling somebody's social media or anything like that, not really sure how that would work out. SB 915, ban the sale of firearm on state property. This would apply to county fairgrounds, effectively banning gun shows at those venues. That's a big deal because if, for example, here the San Diego County, there's a gun show that comes to San Diego County. It's always held on the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Um, so it would be banned there. AB 2156 requires anyone who produces more than four firearms per year, either by milling together unfinished components or with the use of the 3D printer, to first get a gun manufacturing license from the state. 
How likely do you think you're going to get a gun manufacturing license from the state of California if you are at home in your garage and you are doing this? Zero to none. I would say that's probably the likelihood that you're actually going to get that. AB 2239, California law bans people who have been convicted for felonies and certain misdemeanors from owning a firearm for 10 years. This would add child and elder abuse to that list. Hmm. It doesn't really, you'd have to go through and see what the specifics are. Uh, let's see. Uh, only one. Okay. So this is more, I'm going to put this, this is a really comprehensive list. I'm going to put this link in the show notes. So if you tune into the audio podcast, you can go to the audio podcast and check out this link. It's very expansive. Cal matters always does a great job with a lot of this stuff to kind of just place it all down. So, um, they have all of this stuff. Let's see. There was another one I wanted to get. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, Sorry, this is a really long article, so I'm trying to find all of the information. There was something else I wanted to point out when it comes to gun laws in California. It is a really nice little timeline, uh, which also goes over everything that happened in California in terms of gun laws. Ah, here it is. California leads in gun laws. Uh, So when it comes to the median state average of gun laws for like the rest of the states, what's the median? is hovering right below about 22, 23. So that's sort of the median right there. California right now is up around 115. 115 gun laws. Now, um, what this all means, and the reason that I bring this up in sort of the the wake of what happened in Texas, and I'll get to your comments and questions and your input in, in a, a couple of minutes. I just want to kind of wrap it up here is a lot of these gun laws are really kind of prohibitive on the legal gun owner. And as I mentioned before, there are a lot of homicides and a lot of fatalities that are prevented by responsible gun owners. Um, do I think there should be a free for all when it comes to guns? I'm kind of iffy on that. I don't believe people should have the ability to walk into a gun store with no background check and get something. Um, I think you should kind of wait on it as well. Sometimes the waiting period does prevent people from walking into a gun store in the heat of the moment or like when they're impassioned or not thinking straight and going to get a gun. I think I've told the story before, like right before covid happened uh it was literally like the week before covid happened and people were starting to get freaked out about like shortages and stuff like that we were actually at a gun store um and somebody walked in and said i would like a handgun and the person behind the counter said well what kind of handgun would you like and the guy said i I don't know whatever i can get i just want to get a handgun guy had no idea what kind of handgun he wanted um didn't even know like what brand he wanted. He didn't even know like what caliber he wanted. He just wanted a handgun. Um, and then when he asked if he could take it out today, the person said, well, no, there's a 10 day waiting period in California. The guy said, well, no, I, I just need something today. Can I get something today? And the guy didn't really understand that you have to wait 10 days. Um, obviously he left because he wasn't going to get his firearm that day. But sometimes you, you don't want people who are just recklessly going to go in and, and just pick up a handgun. and have no idea about it. With that said, with 115 of these laws, a lot of these laws are used to punish gun manufacturers and gun owners, people who rightfully do what they're supposed to do. Um, 
And a lot of these laws are not meant to keep people safe. For example, the law that would be sort of like the uh, Texas law. Let me get that number correct so people know what I'm talking about. SB 1594 and SB or Assembly Bill 1594 and SB 1327. These are used just to punish gun manufacturers. Why? Because they want to kind of wipe out the ability for you to even own a firearm. And in the case of what happened in Sacramento, now everyone forgot about Sacramento. They, they were, you know, it's always seems to be a lot of these politicians rush to the microphone. They rush to Twitter as soon as these things happen. But sometimes when more information comes out about who was the shooter, then all of a sudden the, the story gets memory hold. In case of what happened in Sacramento, there was no gun law that was going to stop what happened in California or in Sacramento. Um, they were both recently released from prison. Uh, the, uh, the firearm that they were using was not legal in the state of California. So gun laws would not have prevented what happened in Sacramento. Um, in fact, they were more likely to be a soft target because it was bars downtown. No one was allowed to be carrying anyway. So a lot of these laws are really just to punish and make it seem like they're the big, bad, evil pur- purveyors of death and destruction. Now, keep in mind that these are also the same politicians who had no problem spending $43 billion sending it over to Ukraine for guns, right? Because they want to obviously go arm the Azov Battalion or whatever's going on over in Ukraine. But you're not allowed to have any of your rights when it comes to under the Second Amendment or any of your rights, Um, even if you're a responsible gun owner, which pretty much all responsible gun owners do not commit crimes. In fact, that's the point of being a responsible gun owner is that when you put these laws out there, more people will still comply with them and say, okay, well, I'm a responsible gun owner. I'm going to comply with them because I don't want to go to jail, but I'd also like to exercise my Second Amendment rights. Um, moral of the story is that a lot of these gun laws are not common sense. For example, this law that is mirroring what's going on in Texas, try and explain to me how that is common sense. Try to explain to me how suing the manufacturer of the gun because of a a crime that was committed with their gun long after it's left their warehouse or their factory, how that is common sense. But these are what they propose when they say it's time for common sense gun laws and it's time for action. And when it comes to they always push the same sort of things, the universal background check, closing the gun show loopholes and stuff like that, when in most situations you can't go to a gun show and buy a firearm without a background check um so we'll see where they go with this i'm sure california is going to use this as a springboard to do more and more laws and pass more and more laws um and that's basically where we're at it always seems that when stuff like this happens tragically uh it always seems to come back and hurt responsible gun owners who are just trying to exercise their rights and do so lawfully. Um, So with that said, I'm going to open it up for questions and comments. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee while Winnie snores away. She's very tired um, because when you send her to doggy daycare, she spends all of her time chasing around other dogs um, and yeah. Then, oh yeah, there's the 30-day waiting time between buying guns in California. So if you buy one firearm, uh, you have to wait 30 days. Uh, 
so that's why they always say like if you're going to do a background check you might as well just get like because you can do multiple you can do like a, a rifle and a handgun um constitutional carry that allows texans to not need any trading um I, you know, I'm kind of split on on that as well. Um, would I love after going through everything that I've been going through, and I still have to go through the class for my carry and conceal, and the fact that it's taken well over a year to get approved for a carry and conceal here in San Diego. Um, oh, that's a good one. I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, that's a good question. Um, at thirty days after you take possession, so thirty plus ten days. Okay. Um. I, I think people should be I mean these are these are not things that like you have to take a minimal amount of time to drive a car, you know. Uh, and people will say, well, you know, driving a car is not a constitutional right. But it's still deadly, you know. In the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're doing, cars are deadly. I mean it can hurt people, it can hurt property. Um you know, people sustain life altering injuries because of cars. Um, so I think there's something to be said about like some sort of train. I would recommend anybody who picks up a firearm. And this is just my personal opinion, whether it's legal, whether it's required of you legally or not, whether you're here in California or listening somewhere else, I would still recommend that you always go get training and as much training as possible. If you've never picked up a firearm before, someone asked the question, wife is interested in learning more about firearms. Um, there are plenty of basically all gun ranges offer some sort of class. Uh, I remember I took uh, someone who had never fired arms to uh, a place here in San Diego County. It's out west. Uh, God, why, why can't I remember the name of it? It's or not out west. It's out east. Um, I'm going to butcher their name. And I'm going to I'm going to feel bad that I I forgot I didn't mention them correctly. Uh, Gosh, what is the name of it? It's out. It has an outdoor. Somebody help me here. Somebody here. Triggerology. Triggerology is great. Uh, if you want it, he's a firearms instructor. Go follow his page. Um, so Triggerology, if you're still listening, I was going to reach out to you to see if you want to come on uh, soon and we could talk more about this. You probably have way more knowledge than I do. And I'd love to get your input on a lot of these things. This is really going to bug me. If you're in San Diego County and you know which one I'm talking about, it's the one far out east. Uh, P2K. Yes. Thank you. I knew somebody in San Diego County was was here. Who knows what I'm talking about? Went out to P2K. We had a great class. Um, and uh, it, it was great for someone who had never fired a firearm before, who never even picked up a firearm before. They walk you through the entire you know, here's what a handgun is. Here are the parts of the handgun. Here's what you need to know. So there's a whole, you have a whole class before you even touch a firearm. And then they take you out uh, outside to one of their outdoor ranges. Um, and they let you fire away on all different calibers. I think it was a 22, uh, a 38, 9 mil, and then a 40. So you got the feel for all the different ones. So you can say, whoa, that was like, okay, you know, if you're new to a gun, a 40 could be like, that's a big deal. Um, Poway is another one. Poway is a great one. Discount Gun Mart, also a great place. That's my go-to when it comes to the ranges. Um, that's where I'm going for uh, my CCW class and certification. So a lot of these ranges do offer these classes. They offer a lot of these classes. And you can also go... And you, there's a lot of classes online where you can find defense schools where if 
after you've got your certification and stuff like that, you can go through actual courses. Um, I know a friend of mine, she did sort of the um, home defense class where you are given a timer and there's a uh, an obstacle course and they kind of put you in the dark. So you have to kind of figure out like where you're going. Um, and so there's classes. So if you've, this is my recommendation. If you've never picked up a firearm, go to and check out these courses, right? You don't have to own a firearm for a lot of these. You can go to these courses and they will have the firearms there. You can always go to a range and you can rent firearms. So you can try out different firearms. That's another way to really kind of learn more about handguns and firearms is go to these reputable ranges. They have a lot of great rentals um, that you can try out stuff and just go with it and, and try it out. A lot of people I know that I, I've had a lot of people who you take them to a firing range, they think it's really scary and then they try it out and they have a lot of fun and they really enjoy it and then it becomes something they like to do. So that's my, my pitch. Um, and if you're trying to find classes for your wife, there's so many places in Cal in San Diego County. I know that the different ranges that you can go and find them, um, in the OC, I'm not sure. I don't know about the OC, but if you put in ranges in Yelp, I'm sure they'll give you a whole list of them and they, they have ratings and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I always recommend that more people who get, I think the more people who get educated as well on firearms and what it takes, especially in California to own a firearm, they'll find that, um, everything that they've been told, sometimes it doesn't jive with what politicians are telling them. And that's one of my favorite sort of, um, things to see is the realization that they could just walk into any gun store um, and just pick up a firearm or whatever they want and just go out and do whatever they want. That's not the case. There are a lot of laws and restrictions when you own a firearm. Um, so for people who don't really understand firearms, if they're open to it, sometimes taking them to a range or taking them to a gun store and walking them through may open someone's eyes. And I think more people who are, are well-versed on firearm safety um, the better. I mean, I think we used to teach children in school firearm safety. Now we don't teach kids in school firearm safety anymore. So somebody said, what about AB, do, 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 do AB 1666? What is AB 1666? Just following this up here. Um, bill to create legal shields for California abortion providers and patients past state assembly. Ah, okay. Interesting. Ooh, this is, see, this is why I like listening. You know, this is the point of coffee in California politics is that, um, there's stuff you guys bring to the table and stuff that I, I may have not known about. Existing law provides every individual possesses a fundamental right of privacy, respects the person who has um, uh, this bill would declare another state's law authorizing a civil action against a person or entity that receives or seeks, performs or induces or aids or abets the performance of an abortion or who attempts to, or intends to engage in those actions to be contrary to the public policy of this state. The bill would prohibit the application of that law to a case or controversy heard in state court and prohibit the enforcement of satisfaction. So it would be, it would basically be like a sanctuary law if you, are any of these other states um, that uh, have these laws that sort of punish people who 
engage in, in abortions or uh, anything. So if there's a law in another state that penalizes you for performing abortions that you, you're not supposed to under state law, meaning that if you're here, I guess you have some sort of immunity. It's like a sanctuary state sort of thing. Somebody asked a question before. Uh, my wife was very anti second amendment years ago, but now wants to be properly trained. Yeah. Just buying ammo requires a background check. Now that's the problem. Most people advocating for laws don't even have knowledge on firearms or the laws on the books already. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's absolutely true. It's definitely true that people don't, who don't really know a lot about it are the people who are making the laws. And you can go back to like Kevin DeLeon, who is now running for mayor of Los Angeles one of his famous quotes that always seems to pop up every once in a while uh, where he's talking about uh, a rifle and he's talking about the ability, like there's a bullet button and all this stuff. And he just completely gets it wrong to the point where you go, do you even know what the heck you're holding? Um, And I I can't, I can't remember the quote off the top of my head, but I'm sure you can go find it. Uh, But those are the people who are making the laws is that they don't really understand what a gun is. You know, you have someone like Senator Feinstein out there holding up weapons, and I, I doubt she's ever fired a weapon before. Um, she has no idea. Um, then you have people like one of my favorites recently was the prosecutor in the Kyle Rittenhouse case where he, even if the gun it was empty and was not loaded, he still was pointing a gun at a, at a jury of people with his finger on the trigger. Um, it which shows you that that guy's never gone through any sort of firearm training because even if you don't have any, even if the gun's not loaded, you never keep your finger on the trigger. That's just trigger safety 101 because you know you don't you, know, you don't aim at something that you don't intend to destroy. That's the bottom line. Yeah, he broke all the safety rules. Um, that's like rule number one. You know, always only point the gun at something you intend to destroy. So. Um, all right. Any other comments or questions? Uh, tomorrow night, going to have on the podcast. The podcasts are coming back up. We're going to have a couple more this week uh, to kind of make up for the past weeks where I wasn't, I was sick and all that. And now I'm back. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to rent it. Renet. I, I think I got her name right. Um, proof of trigger safety should be required with gun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just. People who know what they're doing can pass a lot of these tests and these things really quickly. Um, but in terms of people who don't know what they're talking about when it comes to guns. Um, so Katrina was a major factor in jump in gun ownership. Resonate with me as mother watching that. Yeah. I'll be happy to come on with you. Yeah. Trigology. DM me. We'll talk about it. Never in the course of your history have criminals followed the law. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of basic, you know, I don't think, I don't think all of a sudden a criminal or someone who is mentally ill. And in the case of this shooter from yesterday, all we know is that, um, there's some dark stuff. Um, this person was obviously going through some stuff. Uh, I think they had kind of aligned themselves with the trans movement, not kind of putting it on the trans movement overall. Um, but there's been issues of mental health with those who feel like they're being, they don't belong in a certain place, so they go one way, they go another. Um, people don't turn in financials and flaunt their gun. Oh, I wonder who you're talking about with that that comment. Hmm. Um, so, anyway, tomorrow night, 
uh, Renit Sinem, who I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name. Uh, she'll be on the podcast uh, talking about sort of stuff like, I, I guess, Shorana as an independent. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been in my DM saying you need to have this person on um, and saying that she has a lot of good, good solutions. So why not? We'll have her on. Uh, we're going to talk to her tomorrow night. Um, and then there may be another podcast on Friday. Got to confirm that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cultural issues. Um, I think one of those things is we've now gotten to the point where one side thinks guns are icky and evil. Um, and they don't want to hear about responsible gun ownership. Um, but there are people who are, you know, there are liberals and Democrats and, you know, Bernie supporters who are big pro amendment, pro second amendment people. Um, so yeah, but it's going to be a busy week coming up. Trying to make up for those podcasts that I did not get to in the past couple of weeks because of recovering from the Rona. Uh, but I'm back, back to a hundred percent, been going to the gym, feel much better. So Winnie's still passed out. I don't know if you guys can still hear her if she's snoring away. Um, so, yeah. All right. If there's no other comments or questions, I'm going to log off or anything people want to add, whether it's about Texas or any other issue. Still got about five minutes left. If there's anything people want to bring up or something that they want to talk about, still got about five minutes left. I don't want to cut you guys off um, from any of your. That's the point of coffee in California politics. It's funny how it's okay to send guns to Ukraine, but not okay for citizens to own guns. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a meme that's been going around for a while. It's like, you know, Joe Biden says, like, what do you need in, a, in, a, in his words, like an assault rifle? What do you need an assault rifle for? And then he's very gladly, like, giving assault rifles in his terms. I keep saying assault rifle. I'm using their terminology uh, because their terminology is to just say assault rifle or assault weapon, even though they don't really know how to define an assault weapon. Um, so what's going on in San Diego for Memorial Day weekend? The weirdest thing about I've found, uh, moving from the East coast, and this is really off topic and maybe we can finish on this is the difference between the, uh, a mindset of if you, you move from the East coast or anywhere else where they, they have a clear winter and summer, uh, seasons is the the hoopla around Memorial Day is way different out here in San Diego. Um, I'm going to post about this, and you have so many damn kind of controls that are being law-abiding standards literally hurting people. That's a good post. Go go follow Triggerology if you guys are Second Amendment people and you want to. He's got a lot of great stuff. Um, but the hoopla around Memorial Day is not as big as it is on the East coast as here in Sandy or, or vice versa. Um, it just seems like it comes along Memorial day and it's like, Oh, it's a three day weekend. It's a big deal on the East coast. Memorial day is like the, the starting gun at a, a marathon race. Like once you get to Memorial day, people are like, okay, I got from Memorial day until labor day to get all of my summer activities in and I got to get everything in and I got to get the, you know, I got to pack the wife and the kids in the car and we got to go down to the shore. We got to go to the beach and we got to do this and we got to do that. Um, and there is definitely a sense of urgency when it comes from Memorial Memorial Day is like this big celebration. Summer's here. We're all excited. We're going to go down. You know, we can now celebrate summer, I guess here in Southern California, because it kind of always feels like summer. Um, there's really no different excitement. It's not like, oh, geez. 
now we can finally go to the beach. He's like, yeah, well, in most parts of Southern California, you can go to the beach all year round. Uh, So there's really no urgency to have to do any of these things. Just an interesting tidbit. If anybody here is from East Coast or has moved, are gun law rights orgs fighting California laws? Do they get a lot of pushback? Um, there are gun gun owners of America has a uh, an affiliate which is Gun Owners of California. They do a lot. They are taking a lot of people to court. Um, they're fighting people. Um, firearm protection is it firearm FPC Firearm Protection Coalition? Um, they do a lot. Uh, those are groups that are really working and taking donations and using it to fight out in court and protect your rights. San Diego County gun owners, uh, they have other organizations, San Diego County gun owners. I know there's an Orange County gun owners. I think there's a, I think there's another Kern County. Um, San Diego County is, is very good. Um, so if you're looking to like support different organizations, Firearms Policy Coalition, thank you. Um, FPC is very good. Uh, those are great organizations that are really fighting it out in court. Um, so thoughts on teachers being armed. Um, I think if teachers went through, if they volunteered, um, if they volunteer and they want to go through, if the schools want to do like a training on their own, I think that might be not, it would not be a bad idea. Um, I don't know if having them strapped during history class or math class might be the best idea, but if they have access to a firearm, like in their desk or something like that, and they're trained specifically on that, um, you know, security is another thing. I heard someone say, why don't we afford our children the same rights of security that we do to, you know, for Congress? Um, not the blue haired teachers. Hey, if the blue haired teachers volunteer and they're good and they do what they're, they, and they get certified, why not? I mean, doesn't matter if you blue hair, black hair, no hair, whatever. Um, do we really want to arm woke teachers? I mean, not all teachers are woke. Um, there's a lot of good teachers out there. And that's why I say like any teachers who want to volunteer for this, you know, go for it. And they want to do it. I don't, I don't see why not. Again, it comes down to that idea of like, these are soft targets. And if they're gun free zones and mass shooters know it, why do they always go back to schools? Why is it always school shootings? Why don't they go anywhere else? Um, same thing with like the shooter in Brooklyn. Why did he do it on a subway? Because you, there's no firearms down in the subway. Um, he knew that it was a soft target. Um, why did the person in Buffalo do it at a grocery store? probably thought maybe, you know, and end in New York because he knows the gun control laws. So mass shooters always go to soft targets. They're, you're not likely going to go have a mass shooting at like a rodeo in Texas, right? Because you know, if you're a mass shooter and you're going to a rodeo in Texas, you're likely going to be met with some resistance. Um, so I think people want to shoot. It could be armed teachers that would hesitate. Yeah, I, and it comes down to this idea of like, and no one ever wants to try that. They That's one thing that they always seem to think is like, well, let's just take more rights away from the, the law-abiding gun uh, gun owners and instead of saying like, well, how can we protect schools? Because it seems to keep happening at schools. Why are we not protecting our schools and figuring this out? Why are we not making it so that people stop going to schools? Um. So I don't know. 
I've heard people say like, you know, former veterans, former former military who can train and, and do all that, maybe put them in charge of like security at schools. Um, I don't know. But, you know, the, the issue of that there is a soft target in terms of schools should be addressed. Every school my kids attend in California are fortified. You just can't enter campus. Yeah. But even then, a lot of times I think they're not going to listen to, oh, you better check in at the desk, like checking at the front desk. Like, I don't think a mass shooter is going to be like, well, how do I get past the, um, how do I get past the, the secretary who's checking people in on the clipboard? Uh, they just walk right in. They don't really, they don't really listen to that. So, uh, I think soft targets have to be re-examined and we kind of have to sit down and go, how do we protect these soft targets and not make them soft targets anymore? So, all right. With that, I'm going to end. And, uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in tomorrow night. Tune in at 8 PM. Renit Sinem will be on, uh, and we're going to chat about her platform and her thoughts on everything. And, um, Friday, we've got another podcast coming up. I think confident in saying that there's going to be a podcast on Friday afternoon. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll get back on track with the podcast and everything now that the run is over and all that. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 